there. Welcome to Beauties and Headcanons, where we're nerdy, and you probably are too. I'm Lindsay, and I'm here with Tegan. And as usual, I mean, you guys know the gist. We're here to talk nerdy to you. We decided that this episode, we really wanted to talk about kind of like a culmination of all the things uh, that Disney Plus put out with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I know that they're streaming television shows, but we do know that these shows have really kind of... um, been implemented in in the past year to the MCU and um, I know we also talked about all three shows um, when they were in uh, in process so we didn't really do a wrap-up of WandaVision and we did not do a wrap-up yet of Loki and we're really excited because um, all of these shows have really uh, enveloped where we are at as kind of as a nation and where we need to be going with the MCU. Um, It's been kind of cool to me because uh, recently I heard something about how in Captain America and the Winter Soldier there was something that I think maybe Anthony Mackie said about how the Captain America is really um, changing and how it's the Captain America we need now. And I'm kind of like excited about that being where the MCU is going completely uh we we knew that there's going to be some big changes with the fourth phase that's coming out here so um and it's all really confusing to me i have to be honest and tegan knows a lot more about the comic uh versions of marvel stuff than i do but i also like just am a, a fan of everything that the mcu does i i've been excited since day one but we kind of wanted to talk about like what our favorite things were what we are hoping for what we're excited about and um even like sort of speculations on what's going on with the mcu first though we are gonna have to do a gaming corner yes gaming corner so uh, as y'all have probably known, I from my last post, I've been kind of starting up another, yet another playthrough of Greedfall because we have a new DLC, well, a DLC that dropped. I believe, as far as I know, it's supposed to be the only one. Um, but yeah, and, and I, I've got to say, I haven't gotten to it just yet just because I've had a lot of other things going on as well, so I haven't gotten to the point where that uh, the DLC action triggers in the game. But I have to say that like I really, really appreciate how Spiders and how, uh, what was their publisher, was it Focus? How they really handled um, their announcements of the game, of the DLC, everything like that. Because, you know, you see games like, like Cyberpunk, who has been just hyped up beyond anything for years. And even something like Elder Scrolls VI, who we got a teaser confirmation trailer back in like 2018 you know so i instead of like drawing that out and everything i think they announced the initial launch of greedfall about two months or so before they actually dropped the game and you know they showed a few things here and there some videos about some characters places stuff like that um but really it it was just a few months give or take of just you know letting people know that hey there's this game it's coming out it has this and that you know check it out maybe play it and with the dlc they literally announced the dropping of the dlc six days before it dropped six days like 
you know, just thinking of all these other companies that come through and are just, oh, they take months and months to try and build up this hype machine. And, you know, other companies are just like, oh, yeah, so next week, new DLC. Get ready. <laughs> you know? I have to say I really, really prefer this kind of announcements that, you know, even though, you know, since you don't hear something for so long, you kind of wonder, are they even going to do anything or anything like that? But to hear it and to know that it's so close, like, honestly, to me, it's much more satisfying. I would rather wait and hear about something than to just go months and months on a hype train that's building me up to probably disappoint me. <laughs> see, I can see it both ways in this one, though, because if you think about it, the um, the DLC, you could be, like, getting ready and getting excited about it or, like, you know, beefing up your character or playing the game more to be able to get the DLC. But then also, mm -hmm. if you don't know something's happening, then you might not play the game so much because you don't know that they're even working on it. Well, you know what I mean? It's kind of like a double-edged sword. Well, technically they did say that you can go back in any save that you have and just play the DLC. So even if you've actually already done like the end game kind oh, of thing, okay. you can go back and play it. It will kind of be a little dissonant as far as like timing goes okay. as far as, you, you know, as far as the story, but you can go back and play it at any point and you'll also be kind of probably overpowered if you if you've played the end of the game but right, i mean right but i mean you know technically you can you can play it like that if you want so you know sure like it'd be like <laughs> a different game then yeah <laughs> of course me you know i'm the kind of person where i'm just like my first time playing it ooh, i want to experience it you know the way i'm supposed to experience with the with the story and the timing in the game you know so of course i, I make things more difficult on myself by <laughs> doing that right right all right so let's talk mcu yes. streaming shows yes um, now i know neither of us have watched black widow right mm -hmm. no. so we don't even get to touch on that no um there has been a few trailers that have dropped on the next movies that are coming out, mm -hmm. um, Eternals. I, I don't really understand the difference between the Eternals and the Celestials and all of that stuff. I just know that like we're making this universe completely expansive. And mm -hmm. by the end of Loki, I'm starting to feel like uh, the sky's the limit. And even mm -hmm. then, the sky's not the limit um, between time, space, and timey-wimey, wibbly-wobbly stuff. Um, yeah. How did you feel at the end of the last episode? Of, of season one, because we know <laughs> Yes, now, because there's going to be season attention. two. Yes, there's going to be a season two of Loki. Yes. So, how did you feel at the end of the first uh, season's uh, last episode? Honestly, I, I did like it for the most part. Um, there were a couple of things I was like, eh. But, overall the character development and the arc of Loki and where he came from and where he's where he's at and now where he's going I really enjoyed that for one and I also really enjoy how they now they've expanded the multiverse now because I, I think you know we're we're so used to thinking of the multiverse as something that you know is going on in Marvel but I don't think a whole lot of people have really considered that no there's just the one 
the one dimension going on right now. And, you know, Loki kind of confirmed that, yes, that's the case. And then turned it on its head and said, oh, well, now we have lots of them, <laughs> you know. Um, I was right as far as Kang went. It wasn't Kang the Conqueror, though, although he was mentioned. But the character... They kind of fused He Who Remains and Kang because in the comics, He Who Remains is actually a separate character. Um, but, I mean, that's that's actually nothing new for the series as well because, you know, early in the series, they also fused the Enchantress and a Loki variant. So, you know, I'm, I'm cool. I'm cool with that. Um, I'm kind of glad that it wasn't Kang the Conqueror at the end. But, obviously, with... Kang's demise now we're probably going to have to deal with Kang the Conqueror and I believe he is slated to appear in an upcoming Marvel movie um was it the Spider-Man movie or was it Doctor Strange now I can't remember but one of those he is slated to return as okay. Kang the Conqueror all right but it is still going to be the same actor right we're not mm -hmm. gonna okay yes okay. same actor and everything Cause oh, that's he, really cool. Because that's kind of part of how we confirmed that that was indeed Kang, because he is slated to appear as Kang in a later movie. So, yeah. <laughs> okay, so have you heard any of those rumors about how the end of the WandaVision, um, uh, where um, Agnes opens... Uh, uh, the, the runes get put up at the end of the mm -hmm. last episode of WandaVision it corresponds if you sync it up with um, he who remains uh, the timeline being ending the, his his timeline uh, I have rumors I haven't really looked deep into them um, so it's funny because they, they say all of this you know they're like uh -huh. oh, if you if you play them at the same time they sync up but the like the idea of synchronicity and you can sync up anything and find coincidences within that. Yeah. I, I Reliance. don't really seem to be yeah. a lot of merit to it, to be completely honest. Yeah, so. and I mean, especially when it comes with no other substantive kind of evidence, it's like, eh. Yeah. Like, it's kind of like a headcanon territory. Like, it would be cool, but, you know. Right, right. It, well, you know. It was, it was a cool headcanon. Yeah. Yeah, see, I mean, we're beauties and headcanons, so, you know. Exactly. <laughs> um, so what's what's exciting to me is the, the branching of all those timelines. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, like, yeah, not not having met King the Conqueror, having a, have a, having an, an inkling of how bad he's going to be, how mm -hmm. much of a big baddie he's going to be, but also, like, how neat it's going to be to um, see the actor who played um, He Who Remains mm -hmm. uh, have a jumping off point here because we're already so excited. You know, he's yeah. already, um, I watched the Marvel Cinematic Universe um, assembled mm -hmm. uh, behind the scenes of WandaVision and of Loki. I did not watch uh, Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Um, I just didn't have time. But mm -hmm. And to be fair, I kind of like for this episode, I wanted to really talk about like the multiverse and where all of that is headed so oh that's um, fair i mean and we technically did do a wrap-up episode on captain america and the winter soldier did we okay. or oh, as fair. as my husband calls it the cluck and buck express <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> um so it's really cool to like 
and see like what he drew for the character, um, where he drew from for the character, because he even said like like Willy Wonka and just like the excitement, um, the the changes that he goes through throughout his little speech is is just really cool. Like it was it was fun to watch him monologue to himself about a conversation about himself. Oh you know? yeah, like, yeah. Uh, and I, I saw some things where, like, you know, he was improvising some things and the crew had to kind of, like, compensate for that. And I, I really liked the free reign they gave him. Uh, surprisingly, really liked the character because I don't tend to like Kang the Conqueror, but, I mean, this wasn't Kang the Conqueror. This was a different Kang. This was a variant of Kang. So, you know, he's obviously going to be a little different. So that makes me kind of wonder, like how he's going to portray Kang the Conqueror then and how different that might be from He Who Remains. Right, so are you scared that you're not going to like him at all? As oh, I, if, if it's like Kang the Conqueror in any of the comics or any of the other media, I definitely will not like him. <laughs> and I mean, not that you're meant to like him, but I mean, not, not in that, you know, oh, he's a villain, we're not supposed to like him way, in that oh my god, he's just such a tired, boring, OP character. Like, can we please, like, move on to something more interesting? <laughs> yeah, you, you don't tend to like OP characters. I really don't. I'm sorry. I just I just don't. I, I think it's because, as a writer, I know how difficult it is to navigate a character like that and how it falls flat so easily in some instances, in a lot of instances. So, it, you know, it's better to just not, you know... Like, unless you know you're going to stick it 100%, just just don't. It's okay. We, we don't have to have OP characters. It, we really okay, don't. But <laughs> we've also talked about how Wanda is kind of going to be basically super OP now that oh, yeah. she has unlocked all of her potential. Is it possible that she's going to go up against Kang um, to get her children back? Is that a uh, I don't know if she'll go up against Kang specifically for her children, but I would be surprised if she doesn't make any kind of an appearance, unless they're just saving that for another movie. Um, mm-hmm. I think she'll likely, more than likely, go up against Mephisto to get her chi- to get her kids back, um, because that's kind of essentially how she originally got them anyway. So mm-hmm. I'm not sure if maybe you know this is kind of become the jumping off point to where it's going to connect to the comics and how, you know, how it all went down there. <laughs> I don't know. Um, that's that's the thing about the MCU is, you know, we can obviously draw some speculation from the comics, but it's difficult to really get a lot of concrete stuff because, you know, the MCU does tend to just take concepts and ideas and kind of change them for however they want to do them or merge characters or just change things up. So, yeah, if, if I had to guess, though, that would likely be it is her and Mephisto and then Kang and uh, I, I cannot remember. Was he in the, is he cast in the Doctor Strange movie or the or the Spider-Man movie? It's one of those. But I, I, I think likely that's going to be. What's going to happen with that? What, what do you mean? <laughs> oh, I mean, with. Who do you think Hank's going to be up against? Either Doctor Strange or Spider Man or okay. Spider Men, possibly. Or mm. Spider People, Spider Beings, considering oh, the multiverse. Because I heard uh, something, something about 
Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield doing something. And, I mean, if we're going to be opening that door, we could also have Spider-Gwen. We could have Spider-Ham. I mean, there's a whole bunch of, like, you know, Spider-Verse that, you know, we could draw from. So, I don't know. Maybe we could end up seeing our Spider-Man go through the different multiverses or, you know, have to have to fight off this menace with the help of the other Spider-People. They did say that that movie's title is No Way Home, right? Mm-hmm. I believe so, yes. Mm. Oh gosh, I didn't even think of that. Mm-hmm. I'm so used to everything kind of like being in its own place, so mm-hmm. I'm like concerned that uh, I'm not going to be able to keep anything straight. <laughs> Which I, I guess is good that I've got a Disney Plus subscription. Uh, you know, no sponsorship here, but... Yeah, um, you can catch up at any time. And, and rewatch watch things so that I can watch them mm-hmm. over and over again and make sure that I have an idea of what's going on, which I've done more than once for, you know, episodes that we're watching or, you know, episodes we're recording and, and what we're planning to talk about. So it's, I mean, it's a good thing to have for sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what about the possibility of um, Fantastic Four and or the X-Men being brought in um, from like the multiverse or variants, timelines, that kind of stuff. Yeah, because, you know, with all of those rights, kind of like, you know, everything being like bought up by Disney, and I'm not sure like how, you know, what the state of those rights are right now, but I think it is a possibility, potentially, that they could start bringing in more people to, you know, kind of round out the Marvel cast, because... And, you know, my husband and I were discussing this the other night. Like, I don't know why villains do anything in New York because, okay, besides the Avengers, you also have the Fantastic Four. You have the X-Men that are just down the street. You have Punisher. You have Spider-Man. You have, mm-hmm. you technically have the Ninja Turtles as well. Like, I mean, New York is literally overrun with superheroes. Aren't there also <laughs> the Defenders, too? Like, yeah, and, and them, too. Daredevil and, um, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah. Don't do anything. <laughs> I think we also talked briefly about like how it was really dumb to even try to mug anybody in New York because I mean you don't know if somebody's undercover either as a hero or even especially as a villain. Like, like you you look at a, you know this this older dude like oh I'm just gonna rob him real quick and turns out that's that's the vulture and now you've just made an enemy and good going. <laughs> now you're dead. So, yeah, anyway, I I think, you know, especially with the advent of, you know, all these shows and stuff coming out on Disney Plus, I think this is really giving them a chance to flex their muscles a little bit more, at least with storytelling. And one of the things that kind of struck me when I was watching the the Loki um, behind the scenes thing was how much they were like focusing and talking about his character and his character's journey and the development and everything like that and i'm like yes like yes yes to all of this well i mean essentially we've um watched loki become uh, the essence of an anti-hero to a hero and back again and Mm -hmm. i we were talking about it when we first talked about the show that Mm -hmm. we've had this chance to see him develop from um you know the loki that hadn't developed to Mm -hmm. someone we like even more than the one who uh, sacrificed himself for Thor. So yeah, and you know it's it's this great thing where 
it seems like a theme. I, I've heard this repeated a lot where these series like Loki, like Captain America and the Winter Soldier, or even WandaVision, they feel like Marvel movies. And I, I'd like to amend that to say they feel like older Marvel movies, like Phase 1, part of Phase 2. And I think oh. I think it's because they focus they are focusing so much on the characters because in these early Marvel movies, you know, it was the story's focus was very limited, but in a good way because it allowed the characters the chance to really stretch and grow and progress naturally and organically without having to rush through this multi-layered plot and, you know, make things happen, you know, which I think is kind of the downfall of the later MCU movies because you had so much going on, you couldn't really, yeah, that had happened that you couldn't really focus on the characters themselves. So the characters felt a little flat, they even felt a little out of character, and then the stories themselves felt rushed. So everything kind of suffers when you don't have that focus. Um, that was one thing I know when Peter Jackson and Fran, Fran Walsh and um, Philippa Boyens, when they were adapting Lord of the Rings for films, you know, they had three films to do it. And obviously, you know, that was still going to be a limit <laughs> as to what they could do. So they had to really focus in on what was important for the story they want to tell. And... I feel like in the early MCU movies and these MCU series, that's what they're doing. They're narrowing their focus to allow the characters a chance to shine because that's really how good stories are built and told. You know, even if a story itself, like you say a plot or a trope is a bit weak, if you throw some great characters and development in there, nobody even cares about that because we get to see and connect with this amazing character in their arc, and it's, mm, it's so good. Billy, it's so good. So, um, yeah, that that's why I, I'd like to amend that to say they remind me of the older MCU movies. So, just little amendment. Yeah, but like the, the origin stories really gave us a chance mm -hmm. to, like, see the characters develop from, um, you know, their origin to who they are. And then when the movies just kind of... Uh, place to go from point A to point B, mm -hmm. you, you've got to get all of the characters there. You would hope that they had been developed well enough so that we knew them, but there there wasn't a whole lot of screen time with them to be able yeah. to, to see any kind of development. So it is kind of cool to see, um, well, not kind of cool, but it's awesome to see our Loki, you know, now the one we know and love and um, to still be in the MCU. Um, it's funny, Tom Hiddleston actually, like, was talking about uh, his character and, like, when he dies, and he was like, okay, so that's it? <laughs> and it was just, you know, like, that's exactly how we felt, Tom. I get it. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, in, in the uh, documentary thing, they mentioned something which I hadn't realized, but that throughout the course of the movies that Loki has been in, his total screen time adds up to around two hours, mm -hmm. yep. which is like mind-boggling when you consider that he's in Thor, the first Thor movie, he's in Avengers, he's in Thor The Dark World, he's in Thor Ragnarok, he's even in Infinity War, and he makes an appearance in Endgame. Like, that's six movies, six whole movies, and between 
all of them, he only has about two hours of screen time. And yet he has had such an immense impact on the fandom. I mean, and that's... I have to put it squarely on Tom Hiddleston and his charisma and his dedication to this role in playing this character because if yeah. he if he hadn't just poured himself into it like he said I don't think we would have quite felt that love and so we wouldn't have felt the need to reciprocate it as much right well and it, it was just really cool to see um, him talk about the even like having started 13 years ago when he was like 27 mm-hmm. and now he's 40 and um, I mean gosh I think like a fine wine I guess he's getting better with age but, yeah um, it was and it was really cool to see him talk to Owen Wilson too who you know when Owen Wilson talks I, I feel like everything should be man and <laughs> you know was listening to him do an interview where he talked about like the the compound he lives in in Hawaii with Willie Nelson and I just feel like that's a very it's <laughs> a very Owen Wilson thing <laughs> yes yes um but it, it was funny because he was talking about like having played Hamlet and you know how polite it was of him to ask uh Owen Wilson if he had ever played Hamlet and Owen Wilson, <laughs> like uh no. do you know I am <laughs> That that was that was adorable. That was very sweet of Tom. Oh, and did you see Tom doing his own stunts too. Yeah. I, I don't know why I thought maybe he didn't do his own stunts, but holy cannoli! To yeah. To see him doing his own stunts and then, oh, and so like, the the reason why I wanted to make sure that you watched the the behind the scenes for Loki was because I knew you'd love it as much as I did. Oh yes. But um, all of like the speculations that we had about the show, right? Like that that one episode where they are. Um, on uh, Terminus, they were um, doing like that seemingly cutless scene of running around the town. Yeah. um, The way that they built the entire town, I was in awe. I was so enamored with the work that went into that and the details because, you know, I watched these YouTube episodes of these people talking about Easter eggs and stuff, and -hmm. it turns out like they really did think about everything. They really did think yeah. Um, everything through. And, um, to, you know, I'm always like, no, there's no way that they intentionally put all of these little Easter eggs in. There's no way that all of this was intentional. But it seems like it really was. I watched the WandaVision um, behind the scenes documentary as well. And I was so excited because, you know, we made all these speculations about the shows that they based um, each uh, period off of and... Um, everything was a nod to everything we thought it was a nod to. It was just mm-hmm. so great um, <laughs> for everything to come together and to, it, you know, like the shows have really been fan service in a big way and mm-hmm. I'm like super excited um, to have seen all of that and to, to for them to have had the time to um, show us what they showed us. I will admit in the last episode of Loki, I was convinced there was no way they were going to get everything in. There was no way that they were going to finish in a place that felt satisfying. Oh, yeah. So when they stopped and we were suddenly back at the TVA with a different statue of Kang and um, nobody even knows who Loki is, I, like, threw things at, at, <laughs> at my television because I was like, there's no way. And then I was told there's there's a scene at the end of the credits, so stick around. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, fine, fine. And then knowing that there's going to be a season two, I was just like, okay. Okay, MCU. 
Oh, I could breathe. Yeah. <laughs> um, is there anything else you wanted to make sure we talk about? I think we need to wrap it up a little bit. Oh, yeah. Um, so it's going to be a, a shorty episode, guys, so you're welcome. <laughs> okay, well, while you think about that, I did want to say okay. how excited I am about how humble each of our favorite characters are. Um, I was, like, super... I, I, I love watching the behind-the-scenes stuff because, you know, we get to see this portrayal of these characters, and, you know, everyone's a great actor, and whether or not they, like, got the job because they were... Um, you know, oh gosh, to be a part of the MCU, blah, 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 but then to see how excited Tom is about the character, to see how excited um, Elizabeth Olsen is about Wanda and um, Paul Bettany, and the way that everyone has kind of like developed their relationships um, as directors, and um, everything has been really cool. I, I like fell in love with the director of Loki. Um, she was like super, super cool. I was just... Um, I, I told Jason that I, I might, you know, join the other team for her because she's just so cool. <laughs> um, and that just all of the interviews and stuff made me so excited for, like, the state of the MCU, where it's going, where it's been. Yeah. And how we've, like, grown and um, uh, changed through these story arcs just like the, the characters have. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, like, super stoked. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm ready. And, and I feel like, you know, with the whole Disney Plus series and, you know, doing series like this, it kind of takes the pressure off a bit of MCU movies. But because before, I mean, like, we had a couple of series going on, but, it, you know, it, it wasn't quite the same thing, you know, and the most of the focus was still pretty squarely on the movies. But I think now with how these series have come out and the quality and all the hard work that has been poured into them... I feel like this is really a chance for, you know, a lot of good story writers to shine um, because I've been really particularly impressed at how well they've handled, you know, all of these different stories going on. And I'm kind of excited to see what's coming up. Uh, let's see. we Because as far as like series goes, uh, the next thing coming up is the What If series on August 11th. That I'm really, really excited on. The What If series was excellent in the comics it's essentially like official fan fiction where they kind of spin off and do like you know little scenarios like what if this happened or what if that happened like kind of something you might expect to read on archive of our own and yet it's actually officially put out by marvel so that i'm interested to see like what stories they'll pull from there um because i can't imagine they'll do all of them but i'm curious which ones they'll do and then the next movie we have coming out is Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, which I personally don't know a whole lot about. That was one aspect of Marvel that I've never never really dove into that that much. So I'm kind of curious to see like what all's going to be going on there. I'll have to kind of uh, maybe do a little research and see. <laughs> Give a little pre-information before I see the movie. That's coming out in september so mm-hmm. yeah it's gonna be well, fun it looks like um eternals is gonna be out in november mm-hmm. and um and then spider-man uh, no way home is in december Spider-Man, no way home yeah and then 
the the times haven't been announced, but Hawkeye uh, series for Hawkeye and Ms. Marvel have been slated for late twenty twenty one. I don't know if they're still going to keep on that or not. I haven't heard anything, so we'll see. We'll see. Moon Knight's coming in 2022, though, and that I'm particularly excited for because there's just so little attention paid to Moon Knight, and he's such a fantastic character. And that's another thing I I really like with these Disney Plus series and movies. With the removal of that pressure, you know, you kind of get this room to explore more characters in the in the Marvel universe where you know characters maybe like Moon Knight like Shang-Chi you know characters like that who maybe wouldn't get much screen time if we were just purely strictly sticking to Marvel movies they might not even make any kind of appearance but mm-hmm. because we're doing all these series and movies and all of this stuff then oh okay well yeah now we have room for this so right. So yeah, now now we finally get to get to some really meat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, again, like I, I'm not like a Disney fan person. Like I'm not going to just celebrate them and say, oh, they've done no wrong and they're just wonderful and no criticism whatsoever. But you know, I I have right. when they do something right, they do something right, and so far they're doing this right. <laughs> this has been a good journey for us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, that is all I have for today. Yeah. Um, gosh um let us know how you guys feel about uh, the mcu and what you're excited about what you're not excited about never mind 2022 because we haven't talked about any of that or yeah <laughs> what's slated to come out in 22 i'm just excited uh, for the rest of 2021 after yeah you know uh what happened last year uh it's exciting to know where where we are now where we're going and hopefully you know like it's only going to get better from here so um with that, I'm Lindsay. And I'm Tegan, and thanks so much for tuning in today on Beauties and Headcanons.